It must be nice. The dog gets it all. Owner Bill Doris, successful businessman, wasn't married, died late last year. His will states the money should be put into a trust for Lulu. Yes, Lulu, the eight-year-old border collie, gets $5 million. Now, Martha Burton, Lulu's caretaker, is also part of the deal. It allows Martha to be reimbursed for reasonable monthly expenses in the care of Lulu. He just really loved that dog. Yep. He was friends. She was friends with Mr. Doris and take the care of the dog when he traveled. And She doesn't know if she's going to be able to spend $5 million on Lulu, but she's going to try. <laughs> now, where she's going to take care of Lulu is another question since Mr. Doris owned land along Interstate 65 in Nashville where a controversial statue of Confederate General Nathan Bedford Forrest is located. And the fate of the statue and the rest of the estate is going to be determined in probate court. But for now, for now, the dog gets it all. Amen. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. two-year-old Vietnam veteran uh, was at home with his wife and the door was knocked on. Hello. And uh, the wife, Lois, opened the door, saw a man standing there, later identified as 61-year-old Harold Runnels, who said he was looking for his dog. Speaking of dogs, it wasn't Lulu, though. In fact, he didn't have a dog. She opened the door, said, uh, you're looking for your dog? And he said, yeah, I was looking for my little white chihuahua, and I wanted to know if you saw it. I told him, no, I, I hadn't. At that point, Runnels forced his way into the home, brandished a knife, and slashed Lois across the forehead. Now, the husband, Herbert, grabbed a shotgun hanging on a nearby wall and repeatedly struck Runnels with the barrel of the weapon until he fell unconscious. <laughs> so the 82-year-old man didn't even need to fire the shotgun hanging on the wall. He just decided to beat the 61-year-old Harold Runnels with his shotgun and knocked him out. In fact... Uh, he pummeled Runnels at least 10 times in the face. 
And uh, he said, look, I felt we were gone. He's going to kill us, take what he can. I was not going to, uh, he wasn't going to go and leave us alive. And, uh, I got to do something quick and get the edge on him, get the advantage on him. So I just beat him silly with my shotgun. Now, later on, the sad news is, is that the would-be thief, Runnels, died of his injuries. Now, the sheriff's department, especially Aiken County Sheriff's Office, Captain Eric Abdullah, confirmed, yeah, uh, he was able to strike Runnels enough to the point where he fell on the floor being uh, conscious but unresponsive. And uh, the neighbor, Jessica, said uh, they made a a grave error in choosing the parish home. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, Runnels picked the wrong house. Now, the sheriff, uh, deputy sheriff, uh, captain, said that, uh, look, people have a, in fact, his quote was, folks have a right to defend themselves if their lives are in danger, but the best thing to do is call for help. Every situation is going to be different, of course. It may be a similar crime in nature, but every situation is going to be different. There's no way to accurately predict exactly what actions that any person should take if somebody's trying to invade their home. The best recourse is to think smartly and get help on the way. Uh Uh-huh. Well, when you don't have time for that, sir, captain, uh, the only thing you have time for is to pummel the criminal with your shotgun. (laughs) So uh, the 82-year-old Vietnam veteran protecting his 79-year-old wife and himself uh, takes down Rummel's with his shotgun barrel without firing a shot and yet beat him, well, more than silly. I mean, the would-be criminal lost his life, which is sad. We don't want anyone to lose their life. But he shouldn't have been trying to rob the couple. And if he was still alive, he would be thinking twice about it. But he's not. So maybe other people thinking about going into the neighborhood, uh, better think again because, uh, Herbert and his wife, Lois are waiting for you with the barrel of his shotgun. As many of you know, we've been going through a uh, winter storm here in Texas and a bad one. Uh, we talked a little bit about it yesterday and I'm sure you've heard the news uh, we've all been uh, struggling with, uh, you know, power outages and water outages and uh, heat outages because uh, the sun is shining, but it's still cold. It's supposed to be warming up. We're going to be back into the 70s next week. But a mayor of Colorado City, Texas, uh, resigned already this week after receiving backlash for his Facebook post where he uh, decided to tell citizens, hey, sink or swim, would you? <laughs> Which is never a good thing to do, you know, during the storm. Tuesday was, uh, you know, a bad day. I mean, it really kicked in on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday were, you know, were really bad. And 
most particularly, I mean, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday were uh, really bad. Mayor Tim Boyd uh, declared, let me hurt some feelings while I have a minute. No one owes you or your family anything, nor is the local government's responsibility to support you during trying times like this. Sink or swim, it's your choice. The city and county, along with power providers or any other service, owes you nothing in all caps. <laughs> he goes on to say, sick and tired of people looking for a damn handout. If you don't have electricity, you step up and come up with a game plan to keep your family warm and safe. If you have no water, you deal without and think outside the box to survive and supply water to your family. <laughs> if you're sitting home in the cold because you have no power and are sitting there waiting for someone to come rescue you because you're lazy is direct a result of your raising. Only the strong survive and the weak will perish. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know... I'm going to go ahead and resign. Um, I'm sorry. I never want to hurt the elderly or anyone that is in true need of help to be left to fend for themselves. I was only making a statement that those folks are just too lazy to get up and fend for themselves, but they're capable and should be, uh, you know, shouldn't be dealt a handout. Look, I apologize for the wording and some of the phrases that were used <laughs> please understand if i had to do it over again i would have just kept my words to myself and if i did say them i would have used better wording and been more descriptive yeah yeah that's probably a good idea you know why don't you go ahead and resign oh okay uh, i will no problem yeah tim tim boyd a uh, former mayor of Colorado City, Texas. Um, you probably should have been, I don't know, quiet. There was only a few million Texans without power. And a few of them, you know, died. <laughs> That's all, though. Uh, you know, they were those people were trying to, you know, I don't know, sink or swim. And they sank. So you were right. And you probably, you know, should have just kept that Facebook post, I don't know, to yourself. But you didn't. You had to share. And you shouldn't have. So even with your apology, which I like the apology, <laughs> uh, I would have just kept the words to myself. Uh, if I did say something, yeah, I would have used better wording and, you know, been more descriptive. But I still would have felt the same way. Uh, you know, screw those people. <laughs> you know, just the people that I represent as mayor of the city. Yeah, just those people. Yeah. If anything, I probably should have just gone to Cancun with Ted Cruz. It's unbelievable to me that this guy is taking such a hit for taking his family to Cancun. Now, are the optics bad? You bet. Does it really matter? No. Does Ted Cruz being in Cancun with his family 
while I'm stuck in Dallas, Texas with uh, rolling blackouts and very little water uh, from the water company? Does it, is he going to help that? No. Uh, does Is he going to do anything other than call people and say, what are we doing? Please get this fixed. That's all he's going to do. Can he do that from Cancun? You betcha. Would I have rather been in Cancun than Dallas, Texas this past week? You betcha. But because it's Ted Cruz and we, you know, hate him, especially the media, uh, we're going to beat him up and give him a hard time for going to Cancun. And, uh, and he came back, you know, he said he felt bad. He came back and you know, all of that, but he should have never apologized. How many times, how many times have we talked about on this very show, chewing the fat with Jeff Fisher, never bend the knee to the rage mob. Never. It doesn't work. They don't care. They don't really want to hear it. And even if you give it to them, then it's just be, it's blood in the water for them to attack even harder. If you don't give it to them, all they have is, and he hasn't apologized. Well, yeah, no, you're right. I haven't. I didn't apologize for going on a vacation with my family. But now, now all of a sudden that we have the apology, it makes it look worse. And it makes it just another Ted Cruz event where he did something and then he backed off and fell to the fell to the rage mob and apologized. And it won't do any good, Ted. I don't know why you did it. It was a mistake to apologize. It is unbelievable to me. Now Again, the optics were bad. I'll give you that. I, I, I'll give you that the optics were bad. But it, so what? If it was just, why not? If you're going to say anything, it was a planned vacation. I was taking my family down to Cancun. You know, like all the other people on the same plane that were taking pictures of me. Yeah, they were escaping to Cancun too. Why? Because of the winter. It's just incredible. But he's going to continue to get hammered for this especially since we don't want to talk about Cuomo in New York and we don't want to talk about uh some of the other things that are going on in Washington DC so we want to beat up Ted Cruz that hateful god awful Trump supporter Ted Cruz down there in Texas we're going to beat him up and we want Texans to know that their lives would have been so much better had Ted Cruz not gone to Cancun for a day with his family and then came back alone and got things done your house would be warm with heat because ted cruz would have had the heater on would have had the power turned back on your water pipes that broke would have been fixed because ted cruz would have been there to fix it is that true no it's not true at all but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter at all just incredible to me that he thinks that he can bend the knee to the rage mob and it will work and it will not work i mean why he could have just said look i was gonna go save the sea turtles uh you know down at uh 
<laughs> South Padre Island with uh, Sea Turtle Inc. But I decided, you know what? They've got it. So I'm going to go to Cancun with my family. A Texas nonprofit, the Sea Turtle Inc., uh, rescued about 3,500 sea turtles from the cold temperatures. Uh, apparently, the sea turtles were cold stunned and they had to be rescued and they were taken care of by sea turtle ink now when temperatures go below 60 degrees fahrenheit the cold-blooded animals become slug sluggish lethargic when their body temperatures plunge they become cold stunned so they needed to be rescued and you know good for them that's what they do it just seems strange that we're wasting Time and energy. We're not wasting time and energy, Jeff. We're saving sea turtles who were cold stunned. Well, there were a lot of people that were cold stunned as well. So, anyway, the nonprofit issued an emergency alert uh, at 2 a.m. Monday um, when it lost power and could not sufficiently heat the turtles. Oh, no. It had hundreds of turtles in its facility and moved hundreds more to the city's convention center. Oh, no. We are so pleased with the community acceptance, but all of these efforts will be in vain if we do not soon get power restored to our facility. Oh, man. But, good news. SpaceX installed a commercial generator that was able to bring power back to the facility. Oh, my gosh. We still need to access the damage that's been done. But Sea Turtle Inc.'s tank eaters were broken as well. So we don't know exactly the extent of the damage. But we do know that thanks to SpaceX, the commercial generator was able to bring power back to the facility and helped save sea turtles that were cold stunned during this storm no news i mean nothing could nothing nothing could let you know what the horror could be to this planet and to south padre island texas if we lost the sea turtles to record-breaking cold temperatures if they would have become more than just cold stunned and it would have been cold dead. Nobody wants that. Nobody. Nobody wants that. <laughs> I mean, okay. Thank you, Sea Turtle Inc. Thank you. We appreciate all your hard work and your special nonprofit rescuers that went out to save the sea turtles that were cold stunned let's go to the break room and get a drink of cold stunned soda oh yeah you know as long as we're here in the break room but i i we just got done talking about the <laughs> the sea turtles who were cold stunned um, we just had the story about how scientists have cloned the first U.S. endangered species, a black-footed ferret, 
And that was duplicated from genes of an animal that died over 30 years ago. So why don't we just do that to the turtles? Uh, we can just clone the sea turtles and we'll be fine. Okay. Now they just announced apparently the, the black footed ferret, uh, was born on December 10th, so they've been keeping it quiet because they've been trying to make sure that the black the black-footed ferret is fine. And yep, it is. It was uh, done at the uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service at their special uh, black-footed ferret breeding facility in Fort Collins, Colorado. Oh, so maybe we need a special sea turtle breeding facility maybe on south padre island with the sea turtle ink people and just start cloning those bad boys we'll have sea turtles on top of sea turtles in no time <laughs> now they're still trying to bring back the passenger pigeon and clone we've been cloning dogs and cats and horses for quite a while now but apparently this uh, genomic data can really make a difference on the ground with conservation efforts okay no problem let's go i know this has been uh you know focused and coordinated uh with the ferret and horse clonings so let's go let's get on it with the sea turtles and save them okay uh yeah let's do that all right now according to this um animals that are copied through the genes uh there's a texas-based company viagen I think that's Viagen, right? V-I-A-G-E-N. A company that clones pet cats for $35,000 and dogs for $50,000. Okay. And I don't know how much it costs to get a horse done. But uh, we need to drop the price a little bit before we get to the sea turtles. Maybe that's why Sea Turtle Inc. has been kind of slow on the old cloning of the sea turtles and a little bit... Uh, a little bit too expensive. So according to this, they have uh, worked on the passenger pigeons. They've worked on trying to bring back a woolly mammoth. I remember talking about that. How about let's not do that? Um, we know that that is not going to turn out well. We know it. Now, I guess birds are the hardest because of their eggs. But, uh, okay, so... Does that make turtles even harder than birds? I don't know. I'd like to talk to the people at the cloning facility in Fort Collins. And let's get this ball rolling to save the sea turtles. Okay? Let's get those cloned and over with. Let's not worry so much about the black-footed ferret. And let's worry about the sea turtles. And did you ever think, you know, I know we're cloning and we're bringing back these... Uh, animals that are close to being extinct or extinct but maybe maybe just maybe there's a reason that things go away on the planet earth perhaps earth has decided their time is up and it's time to move on and something else will replace that and if we clone them and start bringing them back to life, perhaps maybe that sets the whole ecological balance off balance. 
<laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> you know, just me. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, it's just me worrying about what's off balance and all. Now, speaking of off balance, uh, my man Kanye is uh, reportedly not doing well. I know. I know. Him, Kim are, uh, you know, they kind of got the splits going on. And uh, we know that, uh, you know, they there's no divorce papers been filed. So we just know that they're struggling. And he knows, according to this, he knows what he's losing. He knows what he's losing in Kim. Okay. Now, I guess they're, by all accounts, estranged now, uh, heading toward divorce. Um, Kanye is really struggling. He knows the marriage is over and there's nothing that can be done right now. Oh, okay. And this is an inside sources. Multiple sources have confirmed two people. So, you know, it's true. If you're an inside source to Kanye and Kim, you're talking to people and you're, you're talking to people.com. And letting them know. And according to this, Kim is okay with it. All right. Uh, They're just not the same. They're not on the same page when it comes to the future of the family. And, you know, she's been a big supporter of Kanye, big supporter to the family and Kanye. uh, And she stood beside him at a time where few wives would have done that. I don't know that that's actually true because isn't that what husbands and wives are supposed to do? Uh, you know, for better, for worse thing. <laughs> uh, according to this, there's very little hope of a reconciliation. It would have to be a miracle. But according to people, Kanye does believe in miracles. So Kim Kardashian is 40 years old. Wow. She's the, prim- she's the primary caregiver for the couple's four children, uh, North South, East, and West. Uh, North is seven and a half. Chicago is three. Sons Saint is five. And Psalm is two. But uh, she still wants Kanye to be part of their lives. Uh, She's made it clear that Kanye can talk to the children anytime he wants. I've never threatened to keep the kids from him. It's all just between he and I. So... She just can't be married to him anymore. Okay. So this is according to people. So that's that's not good news for Kanye and, and Kim and the kids, north, south, and east, and west. Speaking of divorces also, uh, the Reverend Al Sharpton is getting a divorce. And you'll say to yourself, wait, Al Sharpton is married? Yep. But he's been separated since uh, 2004. But I guess now uh, that they've been estranged for 17 years, it's time for a divorce. So maybe one or the other has found a new a new hottie to bring into their life. But uh, they are. It's time to get a divorce. And I, <laughs> I seriously, I, I didn't realize Al was was married. Alan Jordan met in the 70s while Al was touring with James Brown and he was a backup singer. And then in 1980, they were wed in 1980 together for 24 years and then they've been estranged for seven. 
15 years. He's been with his girlfriend, Aisha McShaw, since 2013. He has two adult daughters with Kathy. It's unclear at this point if either Al or Kathy will be seeking spousal support. Um, I mean, if you're Al's estranged wife, you've probably been milking him for a little bit of cash anyway. I mean, why wouldn't you be? If I'm Al's wife, estranged or not, I'm milking Al for a little bit of cash. So uh, I say, uh, yes, Al, uh, you give me some cash. You're making all kinds of money, and uh, even though we've been estranged, I've been a huge supporter of you and our children, and while they're all grown up now, um, I still need some cash. Okay? All right, then. Take care. (laughs) I know. I know. If you are listening to this show uh, right now and you are not a subscriber to Chewing the Fat, please do so. I'm asking nicely. You know, I'm asking nicely, subscribe to Chewing the Fat. Just choose a platform that you really like and or warms the cockles of your heart, whichever one, and uh, then subscribe to Chewing the Fat. Now, if you're listening to this show right now and you're not a subscriber, you could use the platform that you're listening to it on. You could say, oh my gosh, I'm listening right now on Stitcher. I might as well subscribe on Stitcher. Or you could choose Spotify. Or you could choose iHeartRadio. Or you could choose iTunes. It doesn't matter. Whatever one you prefer. And then subscribe to Chewing the Fat. In fact, you may decide to use a platform that I didn't mention. Because there is a plethora of platforms out there. So if that's the decision you made, all right, fine. But either way, you need to subscribe to Chewing the Fat. Okay? All right. Thank you. Now, if you want to get a hold of me, you can always email chewingthefat at theblaze.com. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Jeff Fisher Radio. You can even follow me on Parlor, even though I'm not real sure that still exists. But it's Jeff Fisher Radio on Parlor. I know they're back. I got it. I don't know that they're back for new customers yet. So, not sure how that works. And I heard that former president Donald Trump talked about coming up with some new social platform that he's was working on that there's, you know, he's got people involved, some of the best people in the in the world involved into creating. So maybe that'll happen too. I don't know. Good luck. God bless. I just know that you should subscribe to chewing the fat podcast and Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher's YouTube channel, no matter what social platform is available to you. Okay? All right. That's right. You know I love criminals. And especially... Well, I love smart criminals, but we never hear about smart criminals because they're too smart to get busted. This pair of geniuses, two British men, were uh, 36 and 34 years old, sentenced to seven years behind bars after pleading guilty to importing cocaine. 
<laughs> wow. Okay, so these two geniuses attempted to jet ski from the Netherlands to the UK with $278,000 worth of cocaine, but they didn't realize they were going to run out of gas and have to be rescued at sea. Now, they were arrested about 27 nautical miles off the Suffolk coast after approaching a survey boat and reporting difficulties due to a fuel shortage. At one point, they were pitched into the sea. So, and one of the men were showing signs of hypothermia and the other of exhaustion. The survey vessel put out a mayday call to the Coast Guard and the helicopter came and hauled the pair to safety. They reported that, uh, you know, these guys were acting kind of suspicious. Yeah, well, they said they were fishing and ran into difficulty before the investigators discovered, oh yeah, what is that in your backpack? 4.4 pounds of cocaine. (laughs) Oh yeah, no problem. And then after that, we went into a little investigation and the officers found a van owned by one of the men, one of the men with maps of the North Sea, a pickup point in the Netherlands, tide timetables, a cell phone and diving equipment according to the the BBC. Uh, according to the defense of one of the men, he said his client, eh, you know, he was a successful boxer who had lost out on a fight and he had no money. So he agreed to smuggle the drugs. You know, one thing led to another, and there we are in the middle of the middle of the ocean, you know, trying to run our jet ski across. <laughs> and I'm sorry. Uh, I know that it was, uh, you know, it wasn't the ocean. They were just trying to jet ski from the Netherlands into the, into the UK, you know, without any gas. They've got all that stuff in their vans, but no information on, you know, we probably should bring some extra gas along in case we get close to running out, which we will about 27 nautical miles from the coast. So the police detective inspector said in a statement, we hope this sentence will act as a deterrent to criminals trying to bring drugs into our country. Uh, I got news for you. Um, Detective inspector Matt Adams, it won't, but good try. Now we've got some coronavirus headlines that we have got to get to as just some of these. Okay. I'm just going to give you uh, four stories here on coronavirus that is just amazing to me. All right, so did you know that the Wuhan Institute of Virology is an authorized receiver of taxpayer money, your money, for animal research? You know, only through 2024. <laughs> That's it, though. <laughs> they received 600000 and taxpayer funds between 2014 and 2019 through a nonprofit group, EcoHealth Alliance, to study bat-based coronaviruses. Now, the funny thing about EcoHealth Alliance, their president, Peter Daszak, 
was the sole U.S. member of the World Health Organization's delegation that investigated the origins of COVID-19 in China. <laughs> That's it, though. That's it. He's just one of the guys that said, ah, it's highly unlikely that could have been, uh, you know, leaked from the, from the Wuhan Institute. So just let it go. Don't worry about it. Wow. Okay. No problem. Now, we also know that uh, we that what we don't know, and that is the FDA, didn't we say that coronavirus could be spread on food and food packaging? Now they say, nope, can't spread on food or food packaging. Okay, no problem. We also know now, according to a lab experiment, the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, less potent against the coronavirus variant, which, you know, will mean that, like, I don't know, the great Bill Gates said, I don't know who died and left Bill Gates in charge, but we're certainly quoting him everywhere in the world these days, um, that we're going to need a third vaccine shot for the variants. So that's good. That's good. And, and since we are now saying that coronavirus can't spread on food or food packages, you know, we said before that it, you know, may be able to. We also know that cats, rabbits, and hedgehogs all have been implicated in a new study that aims to predict the animals most likely to launch the next deadly COVID-19 outbreak. So cats, rabbits, and hedgehogs. Been a lot of animals in the news today on Fat Pile Friday uh, here on chewing the fat so uh we know that we don't want to clone cats rabbits and hedgehogs although we are because we found out that cats are like 35 grand and do i think it was something like that 35 grand for the cats to be cloned and we don't want to clone we don't want cloned to covid19 so with the help of artificial intelligence biologists were able to design a prediction model that could prioritize potential hosts of virus strains already known to exist but have not yet reached humans oh that's good so we know that there are already virus strains that we haven't contacted yet but they're out there so we want to make sure the next coronavirus uh we want to make sure we know where it might come from and that would be cats rabbits and hedgehogs and that's special you got something to look forward to i know i know i'm excited all right so let's talk about ufos for a little a little pentagon has now admitted to holding and testing wreckage from ufo crashes oh wait oh what a researcher uh, wrote to the Defense Intelligence Agency requesting details of all UFO material was with which they hold and results of any tests they had been carrying out on it. This could include physical debris recovered by personnel of the Department of Defense's residue, uh, shot-off material or crash material, you know, from unidentified aerial phenomenon or unidentified flying objects uh in response 154 pages of test results that includes reports on a mysterious memory metal 
called Nitinol, which remembers its original shape when folded. Uh, incredible. So uh, according to some of this retrieved debris, uh, they it possesses extraordinary capabilities, including the potential to make things invisible or even slow down the speed of light. <laughs> that is awesome and a little scary, which means some of the stuff that we could possibly have been seeing was of our own making. Right, we're trying to we're trying to do what we have been testing with, right, with these futuristic materials, and that would be awesome if we're using it, uh, and if we can make it work for us without the help of the Galactic Federation on Mars, which we're there now on Mars. We've landed, and our rover is, uh, you know, on Mars. So hopefully, we can find where the Galactic Federation has a door. And we can talk to them. Somebody has to know. I mean, the guy from Israel said that it existed. He's got to know at least how, where to find them, how to contact them. There's got to be some kind of smoke signal we send up to we send up to Mars to let them know, hey, Galactic Federation, we're here for you, right? Okay. I mean, we've got to find a way. Anyway, uh, that is really cool. And I'm going to read a little bit more on that and see if there was anything you know, anything else really, really cool, but I love the fact that we still have materials, a couple of couple of materials that, uh, you know, is seems to be working. The memory metal and the, uh, the potential to make things inv- invisible or slow them down. Uh, yeah, that would be kind of cool. Just a little, just a little cool. Now, according to... Also, uh, on this new study, uh, pollution, pollution, the pollution that's ruining the earth. Uh, that may be a sign of, uh, alien civilization. Wait, what? Yeah. Many compounds that can possibly be found in the atmospheres and other planets can often only be made through industry. Hmm. So could pollution be the key to finding traces of extraterrestrial civilizations. Uh, yeah, it possibly could be. Don't you think? Now, they're talking about the pollution, you know, flying around other planets, not the pollution here on Earth. I get it, okay? But many, much of the pollution that we're finding is uh, produced like carbon dioxide and water vapor and ones like oxygen or methane that could be indicative of primitive life though on earth uh the first two billion years there wasn't much atmosphere so uh you know we're hoping that that means that uh we're detecting larger uh molecules more complex stuff that cannot be naturally produced so that's good. Although I will say we've put a lot of trash up in the air too. Uh, well, not the air, the atmosphere uh, surrounding the earth. We've put a lot of trash up there. I mean, we've talked at length on this show about uh, creating some sort of spa- space trash company because we've got to go up and get the satellites. We are unleashing hundreds, if not thousands of satellites, and they are orbiting the globe. And we've got to get some kind of trash company to get up there and get rid of them. We have to. I mean, at some point, you create a space island 
not just a, a plastic island in the middle of the ocean, but you create a, you know, a satellite island in space just floating around a giant glob of, of waste floating around <laughs> orbiting the globe. We can't have that. My gosh, we can't have that. And maybe that's why we still have to wait to launch uh, instead of just getting in and taking off because we've got no way right now once we're in the middle of takeoff to swerve out of the way of uh, you know space junk island orbiting the globe. So we've got to know, hey, uh, the space junk is passing by, so now we can take off and miss the space junk as we head to the ISS or the moon or Mars. Something like that, you know, whatever. I mean, we've got to come close to that, right? And the cool thing, we talk about some really cool properties for sale on this show. And one of the coolest places, I think, would be the ranch bordering Area 51. It is now for sale. And that also includes the famous black mailbox Right? I know. I know. It's the ranch that uh, has you butted up against Area 51. And it is the Medlin Ranch. It's on the market. It's only a cattle ranch. Okay? That's it. It's only a cattle ranch. Now, in the infamous black mailbox, of course, um, was changed uh, back in the late 90s to a white mailbox but uh, of course everyone still calls it the black mailbox and it was destroyed of course people can't just leave things alone that's why we can't have nice things so he the owner steve medlin has since moved the real mail- mailbox to a different location and the one that is the black mailbox isn't the real mailbox <gasps> what now uh the uh, tikaboo valley is uh, a little sparse but uh, it's a good place to raise uh, raise and graze cattle. And uh, the man who owns it, Steve Medlin, and his wife uh, came to the valley in the early 70s. And he built it all. There was no buildings, no running water, no u- other utilities. My man took care of it all. Got it going. Uh, now he's got 750 head of cattle. And uh, the rest of the world knew nothing of the top secret uh, work going on at Area 51 just over the ridge. But uh, in the late 80s, they got a crash course because uh, the United States Air Force seized 89,000 acres of public land with no explanation. They just took it. Oh, it's public land. Eh, don't worry about it. We'll take it. And out west, like that, that's where cattle graze on, uh, on you know government land. It's public land, and that's where the cattle raise. It's not public anymore, and you've got to, you know, that's just the way it is. So... Um, he made a deal medlin made a deal with the air force that uh you know he had to he had to come on that land to get his cattle when they went over there to graze and feed so they gave him a special radio and said if you're coming on the property call first oh okay and so that's what he does and he's got the special radio now you get the ranch with the special radio now Huh? I know. Think about it. That would be kind of cool. It would almost be worth it, right? All right. Now, the highway that you get to that's quite a ways away from the house is Highway 375, the extraterrestrial highway. 
right? I know. I know. So how much would you pay for uh, for this ranch, the Medlin Ranch? Okay. It's next to Area 51. You got the black mailbox. You're on extraterrestrial highway. You're out there. Uh, $4.5 million. Now you get two homes, 70 irrigation spots for cattle, 80 total acres of your land, but you're using a lot of the public land out there that's government land to graze your cattle on. Half the land uh, was sold to Medlin by the Bureau of Land Management for $19,000. And they've also installed a weather station on his land. So I don't know if he gets any cash from the government for that. So you get that, and you get to be up against Area 51 for only $4.5 million. So that's a deal. That's a good deal. And if I could afford it, I'd be there. But I don't have your money. So when I when I get your money, then you'll know I got your money because I'll be living on the Medlin Ranch, which will then be the Fisher Ranch. And you'll know I paid $4.5 million for 80 acres, a couple of houses, some watering holes, and some cattle. But, but I'll have the special radio to Area 51. Hello, Area 51. Yeah, this is Jeff. Uh, listen, I'm I'm coming to I'm coming to get some cattle. So if you see me, uh, you see me on the on the Air Force land, it's just me picking up some cattle. Okay. Uh, it might look like there's not any cattle, and I'm just snooping around, but it only looks like that because I'm looking for cattle. Okay. All right. Thank you. Just wanted to let you know. <laughs> 